Love War. Welcome to the Love War podcast. As always, we are Grant and Brian, one of us, a professional musician, pastor, and recovering pastor's kid. The other, a media and public relations expert, a writer, and a pop culture aficionado. How's it going? Uh, it's going well, man. It's going all right. It's going all right. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. better than I've been in a long time. I feel That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's cool. So what's new? Anything? That That's a long conversation that is mm-hmm. worthy of a podcast in and of itself. And I think okay. that uh, beforehand, before we, we launched into recording this, we talked about that. So uh, we've got something special coming up for the next podcast. But I think we have something special coming up for this podcast, too, um, because both Grant and I are... Um, we have the uh, distinction, the designation of being married people. Designation. <laughs> and I hear, I've heard, and I've seen that you were at a very sort of unconventional wedding last night, which is yeah. so cool. Yeah, it, it was really fun. Um, the, uh, it's, okay, so... The craziest. All right. So this is going to take some time to unpack here. Yeah. So um, we have a friend. I have some friends here in in the church that um, were kind of um, they were on track to get married in May, uh, a little some months out, and uh, they just really felt they were they were living together, and um, they just really felt like they needed to kind of get married before then. Um, they, you know, they were living together and there's some things that they were just not feeling good about. And, uh, sure, sure. so they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get married, you know, just do a little thing. And then, uh, you know, it'd be kind of a surprise. We'll surprise everybody. And, um, like, and I then, was surprised. Uh, yeah, totally. And then we'll, we'll I know them too, thing. by the way. So yeah. And you weren't invited. Look, I got stuff going on, man. <laughs> um, and yeah, and like, and they're gonna do the you know the big thing in a few months. Um, the funny thing was, is their youth, their youth leaders, which was kind of there's a little bit of that that, you know, some um, uh, just some things that they had to kind of walk through in that and, and leadership and all that and the kind of the way our church approaches that. And um, so one of the things they wanted to do is they just kind of wanted to, uh, in their words, they just wanted to honor God in the way they um, kind of you know just felt. Hey, let's let's pull the trigger now. Let's get married now. And they literally. Um, you know, there was a, there was a youth kind of a ministry night and they, you know, were kind of, uh, they invited all these kids, you know, that are part of the ministry, part of the church, and they kind of masked it as a, uh, an awards night. So they did their annual awards. So that way all the kids would be dressed up so that all these kids come in dressed up. They, you know, they kind of did this whole awards ceremony before, um, trophies, the whole thing. Um, and then, uh, um, we did some, um, you know, some of our team, we did, did some kind of some worship, some, uh, songs that the, um, the couple, um, wanted. And this is now, again, this is a, a complete surprise. None of the kids know what's going on. None right. Of the kids know what's yeah. going on. Right. You knew what was going on. I knew what was going on. Right. Of course. And then, uh, he invites the, um, the youth pastor invites, uh, this guy up and says, you know what, you know, you just, you know, 
I just want to give you an award. What would be the coolest award I could give you right now? What would be the coolest thing that you could actually... Oh, yeah. And he was like... uh, And then all of a sudden, the music starts playing, and the bride walks up, and then, like, the wedding party, like, floods in from the side. All these people walk up, and and all the kids are like, what? What's going on? like, all right, we're going to get married right now. So... Yeah! So it was... uh, awesome. it, It was... It was crazy. It was really crazy, um, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, those guys are I, I, their names are uh, Jeff and Gwen, and they are some of the they have some of the greatest hearts that I've ever met, and they're just so grateful to have found each other. They're so grateful of what God has done in their lives. So they just kind of went in, and it was probably the coolest youth event that ever happened of course it was and and uh, i just want to put in a plug right here uh for jeff and gwen um they are potentially the most joyful couple that i have ever met um they are always smiling always happy and they just they have a real heart for people they have a real heart for uh for the youth in in our church but not just in our church they they just they they love young people, uh, young adults, and yeah. um, to have it happen that way—it's—it's—it's it's, it's poetic, you know. It's—it's yeah. it's beautiful, and um, and all the best to them. You know, they, they're going to have a great and long and happy marriage. What advice would you give them? Me? Yeah. So look, we're we're talking about marriage here, right? Like, what mm-hmm. what advice would you give to a young married couple? Like, let's just start there. Let's launch from that point. I don't usually give advice. I just usually yeah, rant. T- t- right. Right. No, I know, and we know. <laughs> if, if you've been listening to this podcast, we all know. Um, but you know, what have you learned about marriage that you feel like you'd pass pass along to them? Um. Man, there's a lot of things. There's like a lot of things to navigate, and obviously, it just differs with um, your mate, like who your spouse is. Sure. Um, I mean, I can start if you want me to. Go ahead. You can roll. I mean, I got a I got a list, but go ahead. You can roll. <laughs> You've got a list. Yeah. So, if you're married to Rebecca Reitzel, here are things oh, you need to know. Yeah. There, <laughs> there you go. Um, so one of the best things that I've ever heard about marriage, and um, it came from my twin brother who uh, was married well before I was, and, and I was actually, um, so I've been married for about two years uh, to my wife, uh, and, and I don't know that we've ever broached the subject in this podcast, but I was actually married before um, for about three years, which is a very long story, and we don't have to get into that. But so mm-hmm. I've, I've seen the good and the bad of marriage. Sure. And my twin brother uh, gave me just the best advice before I got married to Becky. And he said, You have to remember, it's never you versus Becky, it's always you and, Be- you and Becky versus the problem. That's, mm. that's what it yeah. is. Your that's life good. from now on is not. Um, a competition or in contention with your wife you're always together you're trying to figure out how to solve a problem do that together and that's that's great and it really reoriented for me um the way that i looked at conflict and the way that Mm -hmm. i looked at um the normal frustrations that happen in marriage you know um everything from 
what are we going to do this weekend to doing the dishes to like how are two completely different people going to live together right yeah like it's yeah. it's a huge thing and once you realize that like you are always going to be in it together you're tied to this other person um and and that there is there is no like i said no competition there is no getting the upper hand um sure it's it's just the two of you against the problem how are we going to tackle it together great advice some of the best advice that i've ever gotten in my life yeah that is that is a really great way to approach it um that's an awesome way because you you never think of it that way. I, I, you know, you, you don't, it doesn't, that just doesn't come natural. It's not natural. Yep. You know, it, it isn't. Um, especially when it was, you know, depending on the house that you grew up in, um, right now our pastor's kind of talking in, in this series called head trash. And there's a lot of, you know, he's talking a lot about blame, a lot of, you know, who needs to, you know, take the fall and all that. And we've come from, um, you know, it, it, it stems from all kinds of things, but, um, whatever, you know, depending on if you, you grew up in somewhere where somebody needed to take the blame, somebody needed to take the fall, or there was just very, you know, the screws on responsibility were tightened down to a point where, um, you know, you, you know, I, I don't know, but there's all, all kinds of scenarios, but the, but the truth is, is when you approach it that way, one, it comes from a place of um, peace and and love, and hey, this is we're gonna go at this together. But in my case, like I, like I really need to, I really have to consciously think that, and like, okay, um, that's the truth of things. That's the truth of the matter. Let's um, attack it together. It's um, a complete reorientation uh, from what we've been yeah, taught. Totally, um, totally. And the other thing is, like, and I don't mean to be rude, but um, we all have our own needs that, that do have to be met, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and these aren't good or bad things. They're just their needs that, whether it's uh, a result of, the way that we were raised or our own psychology or whatever, like we all have very unique things that we need the other person to be able to take care of. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge burden on somebody mm-hmm. else, a tremendous burden on somebody else. I remember when Becky and I first uh, moved in together <laughs> after we got married and I was like, well, we had prepared the space for both of us. I was living in it before she was, but she would come over and visit and, you know, decorate and all of that stuff. And it's like, well, now I'm living with somebody else. This isn't my space anymore. Um, how do I dignify her while still keeping it the way that I want it? And that was not necessarily the best attitude to have. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's funny, like in those some of those things I don't even care. Like, like what? Like, like the decoration and the, the, I like don't the, even the aesthetic. Care. You don't care. I don't even, I don't even care. I really don't even care. Like a people, like people go out of like, no, you're attacking my manhood. I don't really care. No, like, no. Like, and, and even so, Rebe- so I even think re- that the, the, the idea of the man cave is like a, yeah. a gross thing. 
Like, listen, I, uh, no, even go Rebecca, ahead. no, Rebecca was even like, you know, she would be like, no, like, I can't, I, you need to tell me what you want. You need to tell me what, how this makes you feel. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not, how this makes you feel. Yeah, like, a, like so I don't listen, feel any just, way just, right now. I'm just we tired. Just, Wait, we just painted the the kitchen a coral color, and there's flowers everywhere, and like just you know, like like I I don't care, like I really <laughs> don't care, like I I don't know, like I don't know. I that's just one of the things that I just you know that in but, some in some in some things like I, I literally you know what if this makes you happy, I'm totally down. There are other things I'll fight for. Okay, so let's talk about those though. Like in marriage, yeah. what are those things that you fight for? Like what's like so if it's not if it's not the aesthetic, if it's not yeah. um the you know the design of the house or the culture sure. of the 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 look of the aesthetic of the whatever of the house, like what is it that you it's, will fight for? You know, I was I'm I, I was trying to think of that myself. It, it just usually just comes out of nowhere, and then like I start ranting on it. Like, of course it does. You know, this like is it just, all we're of a sudden, about. Yep. right? Like all of a sudden, it just opens up out of nowhere. Um, I, I literally, I've literally been trying to figure that out. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't like it when she throws away my coffee mugs. Like, I don't know. Like, like why I, is somebody like, throwing away your coffee mugs? Exactly, my exactly. Um, I, dude, I can't, I can't even, I can't tell you. I, I, I do like, uh, there are probably other deep seated issues, like deep things that give me that are, you know, other things that I have real, real trouble with. Um, I mean, so, I mean, communication is terrible for me. Like I'm bad. Just like, I, across the board. Like, well, in some, yeah, like, like I'm so process, like I am so inside myself in, in my head and processing things in my head at such a rate that like, I've already solved 10 problems down the line and I haven't really told Rebecca what my opinion was right, on the right. first problem. You know what I mean? Like, so here's a sub issue here. Like, yeah, and I'm, sure. I'm really excited to hear your, uh, cause I, I've never asked you this before. Are okay. you an introvert or an extrovert? I, I am an introvert in a forced extrovert. Yes. That is me to a T. Yeah. Becky always says, uh, my husband, he's an introvert, but he's also a comedian. So you have to deal with that part. Listen, I, I'm like all my life I've been on like in front of people. And at some point I would have said, Hey, I'm totally an extrovert. But over the last 10 years or so, I've, developed into this introvert like I need to be inside myself and I don't know what has caused that it just naturally happened maybe it just grew into me but I'm forced to be an extrovert flip that light switch in certain situations right but I am such an introvert I so let me ask you this then all right yeah. so another question mm-hmm. while yeah. I'm interrogating you yeah. And he's got like this light bulb over his head that's swinging, and mm-hmm. there's a bad cop behind me. I'm the good cop. I've got the notepad, all of that. So right. in, in this interrogation, right? Um, mm-hmm. What parts of you make people think that you might be, you aren't, but you might be an extrovert? Um, 
probably my public energy. I I don't know how public I, energy. I love it, that because I see that like every Sunday. That's that's yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like you know, just when it comes to like you know the band when it comes to when it comes to playing music in front of people when it comes to talking public speaking you know being able to engage on that level or whatever um it, people really think like hey you're to- you know you're you know you're an extrovert you know what i mean um when they meet me like in a in, in like a room or a hallway or a you know in a lobby or wherever you know what i mean we're talking and going at it they would you know they would probably think that but at the same time like i got to go home and just hang around i got like i gotta i gotta sit on my couch or something like well, i, I talk to, to becky about this very often and i say yeah. like i love being around people i really yeah. do it um but for becky um becky's my wife if you haven't been listening to this podcast since, mm-hmm. since day one um so becky um she gets energy from other people um, mm-hmm. loves being around other people. I love being around other people. That's not the issue. The issue is that it removes energy from me. And I have mm-hmm. a, a long sort of recharge phase where yeah. if I spend a weekend like I did last weekend at a work conference um, where I was, you know, with 200 plus colleagues, uh, I need a, a pretty big... Um, safety net of maybe four or five days where I have very little human interaction. And I, yeah. and when I say very little, I mean my wife, my daughter, maybe our roommate, although I can ignore her if I need to. <laughs> and then that's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Rebecca loves... She, she She's kind of like has a foot in both worlds as well but like our wives are both named becky uh yeah. rebecca uh yeah and true they're spelled differently but they're um similar in that way yeah th- that's a good clarification like but the uh, yeah like i you know she'll go out and she'll just want to you know especially after we do you know we'll play or whatever she wants to go hang out and uh you know just whatever, even with her close friends and, you know, I kind of just tag along. I usually get, um, it's, it's the worst because that's kind of like, I'm coming down off of everything and just kind of like, I need to, I don't know. So it makes it look like I'm just antisocial and a terrible, 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 grumpy person, which I mean, I am kind of. You're not. Like oh, come but on. It's, but it's even worse in those settings because, um, because I'm around people and they're like, man, what is wrong with this dude? Like he's such a jerk. And that's a fair assumption. Like I don't judge them for judging. No, so. but uh, I don't see you that way. And yeah, this is well, get, like, this is getting into bromance territory when we're trying to talk <laughs> about like marriage and stuff. Right. But, right. but uh, you know, like I, I do see you as somebody who is eager to meet and connect and, mm-hmm. um, and really love other people. Mm-hmm. But, I also see those qualities that I have, uh, totally. th- those qualities of like just needing my own space, needing yeah. to, um, take the parts of my day and the parts of my human experience that I have to pare down for myself and get, getting myself into a quiet place where I can do that. And so yeah. I get that. Totally. So how does that manifest in your relationship with, Rebecca, when 
you just need some time to yourself and you haven't seen each other all day for her not it's what I would imagine because this is the way that my wife is is I haven't seen you all day and I need to spend some time with you and take some time like talking and connecting and you're like I've already spent all of my (laughs) all of my connection dollars right I've already spent all of that money let's just like sit together in the same room this is what I do let's sit together in the same room parallel play you can be on your phone I'm gonna read a book at least we're together how do you guys do that yeah I mean I'm again I'm not very I'm not very good at it because I I'll just kind of default into that space of like staring at the space but how long have you been married so you, you gotta be pretty good at it You've been I mean, married we, for the better part of a decade, right? Uh, yeah, like seven years, a little more than right, seven right, years. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, totally. Um, but, you know, I still I still will, like, you know, she needs something else, and I still will, you know, you know, kind of make her mad at, at times, right? So, uh, like, well, you know, we'll be, you know, we'll be sitting there, and we'll try to kind of communicate it that way, but... At the same time, if we're if we're in the same room, hanging out or watching something, you know, mindless on TV or something like that, that definitely, I think, is the same idea what you're talking about. If I'm on my phone and she's watching something, oh, she'll get so mad because she's dude, like, uh, we gotta talk about this like in so private. Mad, well, because she's like, I thought we were watching this. So I was like, but you're watching it. I was like. I'm like, you don't care what I'm doing. She's like, but you're on your phone. You're distracted. Distracted from what? You can see me right now. I'm making a timeout sign. I'm pressing pause on this conversation. This is this is something personal that Grant and I need to need to talk about because this is like this has been a constant struggle for me and I don't know any way around it. I feel like Grant doesn't either, and we don't want to be two jerks. No, it's you. fine. No, no, listen, no, no, no. no I, listen. Here's a. They're not going to listen to this. <laughs> they don't care about our podcast. They're not going to. We could. We could. We can work this out. All I right, mean, let's on. work it out. <laughs> let's work oh, this out. I mean, it's going to get derail our entire conversation. Like, I mean, but maybe we should save it for another podcast. Yeah, but we're still, only twenty two minutes in, but but so let me bring this all back. All right. Yeah. So these are the types of situations that you deal with. Mm-hmm. When you're married, yeah, um, marriage is a weird thing. It, it's uh, some people call it a supernatural thing. I think that that's a, a pretty good terminology. Um, we're reading a lot over the past couple of weeks in this uh, Christian world that we that we live in about marriage, and one of the big things uh, over the past couple of weeks has been. This guy named Josh Harris, who wrote a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye, which was um, a, a pretty seminal book when Grant and I were growing up. Dude, it was like the dating book, which I was ironic. Because it was not, it was about not it was dating. Anti-dating. Yeah, it was yeah, anti dating. Yeah. And then um, I forget what his follow up was, but it was. Um, it was about dating, but it called it courtship. But it was I think it was something to the effect of, I wrote this book to get chicks, and I got a chick, so. <laughs> right, right. Um, I remember seeing 
Josh Harris at a uh, some seminar that my youth group went to. And and the the funny thing is, uh, and the reason that we're talking about this is because Grant and I were talking. He sent me a text the other day. He's like, "Did you see this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I saw this." Um, so Josh Harris essentially denounced the book that he wrote. I kissed dating goodbye and said I was wrong. Um, here are other books that you could read that are a better example of how you can do dating in a Christian context, all of that stuff. But Mm. it was a huge blow to me, I think, because that's what I was taught about dating when I was the, the age that the youth group kids who got to see this amazing display of, um, of the wedding that you saw last night, like yeah. that was that was the age that I was at when when all of this stuff was coming out. Yeah. Um. I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I I'm gonna I'm gonna soapbox in a minute, but I'm, I need to hold it back. So, oh, we we're gonna get a Grant rant, so mm-hmm. that's gonna be awesome. But so when I was that age, when I was the age of of these, you know, kids who got to see Jeff and Gwen get married what I was told was that dating was bad and I was told that any desire that I had was left specifically for the woman I was going to marry and the difficult thing about that at least now looking back on it is as people are getting married later as people want to start careers um, you've heard this is a huge thing for millennials you know putting off dating putting off um courtship (laughs) um putting off all of that stuff to get yourself settled and then you know sort of dealing with that aspect of your life we're living longer um this isn't the 1950s you know there there's a lot that can be said about that but what we were told was you know even hugging another girl isn't appropriate um holding hands isn't appropriate and for me, at least, I felt really shamed when I did anything that, um, that, that sort of fell out of that rubric. And what it led to, I think, down the road was me doing a lot of things in, in rejection or in a reaction to that sort of ethos that ended up harming me more. And I think that that's the reason that, that Josh Harris decided that he was going to uh, basically say any other copies of this book that are printed like he, he canceled printing on the book and talked to the publisher and made sure that the book wasn't going to be published anymore other than the copies that that have been sent out to press all of that stuff um, I respect that but the damage has already been done yeah, man. I mean, I hold him responsible. I also hold the publisher responsible for doing that. I mean, like nobody's like, nobody's like, uh, you know, that was a very, very successful book that made a lot of people a lot of money, including Josh Harris. Oh yeah, now, like, that dude was I res- I re- he was a millionaire. Are you kidding me? Like when he what? How old was he? He had to be was he in his early thirties or his late twenties when he published that? What? No, I think that he was still a teenager, early twenties when he published that. I mean that that was yeah. not and 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 it became a meme before memes were a meme you know it was Dude, like I kissed dating it, goodbye was like you know you, told, you had the a, bracelets it was a movement, and the promise man. I mean, it was and, a, yeah 
I don't I don't know what you could compare it to right now, like currently, when it, like in the Christian world of, of like a, a book or whatever. There's nothing. There's I nothing don't, I don't there. Think like people don't understand the level that that was at. That was like that was a movement, and I you know like whatever. I but I fault I fault the publisher for for that, and I you know I fault him too. Like whatever, I give him respect now for whatever. Um, you know, for, for going and being like, Hey, we're not going to do it anymore. I mean, he's literally been saying this stuff for like 10 years. He's been like, I'm not sure if I agree with that anymore. I'm not sure if I agree with that anymore. And this like, you know, a few weeks ago, it was just like, you know, we're not going to publish it anymore. So 23, he was when that book was published. 23. Okay. Yeah. Come on now. Like, like I, like the publisher needs to take some responsibility for that as well. But like, I'm like, whatever. I mean, it was obviously, Obviously, you know that when you when you write a book, it makes you enormously wealthy on that level, enormously quickly, like just so quickly. So, so what whatever. did you know about uh, about anything at twenty three? At twenty three, oh dude. So, I mean, let me tell you what I knew at twenty three. I knew that the Ramones were the greatest band who ever lived, and sure. I still believe that today. But that was out of all of the things that I knew, that was the only thing that was actually accurate. I mean, like, whatever. I, you know, I knew how to play guitar. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I, there was plenty of things, whatever. But no, who was coming to be like, yeah, we want you to write this book about, you know, clearly a, a dating lifestyle. Like, what? First of all, I would love to know that story on how it started, how he went, and like, oh, I'm writing this book, whatever. Respect, respect for getting something published at 23. No hate. Like, no hate when it comes to that. That's unbelievable. Good right? for you. That's cool. Yeah, you must yeah. have been a clever writer. No, totally. Respect, respect. All the way around, you started a movement. Respect. Like, all that, sure. Um, but, I, I, you know, uh, coming at it this you know, this late in the game, be like, hey, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, the damage is already done and all, all of that. Uh, and people who, and nobody had to buy into it, but there's hundreds of youth pastors across the nation that decided to be like, hey, we're going to teach this. And It destroyed uh, me. Look, it destroyed yeah. me. Um, yeah. So what I felt was that yeah I, I really liked it go ahead yeah I, no I want to know like it, like you said it destroyed you that those are heavy words uh, like how man I, I I thought that um it was sinful for me to hug girls um and to hug them and uh, despite my <laughs> despite my um introvertness introversion I still I'm a touchy guy I, I like to hug people and I don't mean touchy like oh you know I want to touch you inappropriately but physical contact means a lot to me sure um, yeah and and we can talk about that like the way that a psychotherapist would like why does touch mean a lot to you well my mom hugged me a lot and I thought that hugging was really good and I had a twin mm-hmm. brother and we showed affection by hugging you know like you can go and pare down all of that stuff um, but what what I felt was I couldn't hug somebody without feeling guilty about it hmm. and and guilt is in the words of New Order, guilt is a useless emotion, but in the words of uh, Christians, like guilt is uh, any guilt that, that doesn't come from an honest uh, Holy Spirit conviction, like that's that's not of God. And yeah. so I felt a lot of guilt that was not of God, that was just like cultural, sociocultural. 
Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't able to, uh, like, the girls that I was seeing, I wasn't able to hold hands with them. And, and I felt like I was um, subverting some kind of order when I even held hands. I remember, this is a true story, I, I brought a girlfriend um, in eighth grade, somebody who I considered a girlfriend, to Hershey Park. And we had chaperones and everything like that. And in the back of the car, I asked if I could put my arm around her. And she said no, because my mom read this book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And Shoot. yeah, and, and she thought that that was like for our age group, we were 14, 15, that was going too far. Oh my goodness, man. And then I broke See, up with her. Yeah, good for you. Well, she ended up doing really well for herself. She's she's a doctor now, so she's fine. Yeah. Well, she, she didn't need me anyway. I know there are some doctors that really are head cases, so who knows? I mean, anyway. The, <laughs> so now um, you're gonna get me fired. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I I never read the book. I just knew a lot of people that did, and um. I was part of like the movement that this is hey this is ridiculous kind of and um, but dude okay so you were a pastor's kid like yeah. what did what did your dad tell you about dating and relationships? Um, he always told me to um, he so you have to understand like um, my upbringing was. Um, I, I there I was reading you're familiar with John Maxwell and leadership oh, yeah, and yeah. all that okay oh, totally. I was okay I was being I that stuff was being bought for me for Christmas when I was nine years old <laughs> so, so I, you were I, already I'm, on a different level <laughs> I can't even tell you like I'm not my sister got her first he used to own this company called enjoy and it was like a it was a it was a leadership thing back in the day my sister got her first tape at six years old. Okay. For Christmas. Like, right. Right. Okay. I, so when it came to like reading and books of leadership and management, I was in these kinds and church life and leader, like all this stuff. I was getting this stuff like, like from the beginning, reading was a huge part of our lives. Right. Um, and, uh, like the only way you grow is to read kind of thing, but not, he never said that. But anyway, uh, he, he never would. made, he would say th that now. Okay. <laughs> so there was plenty of like, there was some stuff that I, that I was, that I read. Um, there was some curriculum from focus on the family and stuff like that. And, um, Adventures in Odyssey. Right, yeah, stuff like that. Like, there was some stuff. There was a, uh, I don't know, there was a thing that they had for, um, you know, uh, boys and preparing for adolescence and those kinds of things. Breakaway right? Magazine. Right. So that, uh, my dad never made me read a dating book um, or a relationship book like that. For whatever reason, but it was part of the Christian culture, so you you had to have gotten the message, or that messaging message. at some point, right? Even though you didn't read the book, it's still like I I I feel like it probably infiltrated your culture. Absolutely, it did. I was part of like the subculture that this is like a bunch of crap, right? So like there was a bunch of there was a bunch of people that was like this is 
the way to do it, right? They were like, this is unbelievable. And I remember specifically I was in like high school or junior high or something. I forget when it actually came out, but he said, uh, one of the other guys was like, you know, I actually just said it a couple minutes ago. He was like, you know why this guy, you know what, you know why this guy wrote this book? It's because he wanted a girl. He wanted to get a girl. He wanted girls to be drawn Somebody to actually him. told you that. Yeah, exactly right. So I was like, he's right, right? And so anyway, obviously as a joke, I would just always sure, sure. to that. Sure, sure, but still. Um, and so, Is there not you know, some truth in that? I, I mean, I don't know. Yes. I, I, no, there, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Did it get him a girl? Yeah. Yeah. Or was it the millions that he got for writing the book? What was it? Mm, Either anyway. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, I, so I was always part of that, um, that, that piece of like, Hey, I, you know, I'm not buying into this and I don't want to follow it anyway. Like, even if it is, you're telling, like, a 16-year-old guy that he shouldn't, like, hold hands with a girl? That, like, goes against everything I believe in Okay, a 16-year-old so, guy. So, how, like, so, oh, what I was saying was, what did my dad say? You know, what you were saying, what did my dad... He, he was, like, it was, really, it was really important for you to respect women. I mean, like, that was a huge thing, right? And, and in what ways, like, what, what did respect look like there? Um... Like, it was just, you, you, you like, man, uh, there was a lot of ways, but there was a lot of, um, he didn't necessarily go like step by step, like this is what you do or you don't do this. I mean, he might've, and it's been a long, long time, right? Sure. Um, but it's better than the sex talk I got from my dad. I can tell you that right now. Well, the funny thing was, is it, that wasn't really the sex talk. I mean, honestly, no, no, dude, I'm just I, saying that the, the, all of the wisdom that I got from my dad and I love my dad, but I, sure. I got most yeah, I mean, of that yeah. stuff from my mom. And, yeah. and my dad was like, uh, his sex talk was like, son. Yeah. And he never called me son. And yeah. my twin brother was in the car at the time. So I don't know which mm-hmm. son he was referring to. Sure. Was sure. Son. If you ever feel like you might be gay, just let your mom know. No, he didn't say that. He totally said that. I love no, that guy. Didn't. I will love him to the day <laughs> either of us dies. Like, he's the greatest guy, but, like, that that was his entire was sex talk. De- was he dead serious? He was nervous. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a, a, a big-time extrovert, but when it comes to... Um, he, he grew up... This is a different conversation, but yeah, th- no, he was serious. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm sorry, I the, cut you off. No, there. no, no, no. I this is a whole nother like so. I, I, the sex talk for me, I think, was uh, when I was in third grade because I kept bothering my dad about what these words on the bathroom wall meant. So you could read and, words uh, on the bathroom wall, which is again, kids, why reading is so important. We exactly. touched on that earlier. Also, there's some other things leading up to that that I was like, Dad, you know, uh, there's this song that my friend taught me. He was like, how did you, do you even know what that is? And I was like, <laughs> no. So he was forced to, I started putting these pieces together. So he was forced to give me that talk at like third grade. So, I mean, I, yeah. So that was whatever. But as far as like, as far as the, you know, all these other things. Yeah, I mean, like he, he he was very he, he would never shy away from any of those things. He was very, very direct That's when it awesome. came to that. When it when it was very when he was, when I was uh, the way that I would treat girls, 
um, all these things. Like it, it was, yeah, he, like, like you don't disrespect women. Like you just don't. It's like it's it's as it it's as close as like um, like you should. I I don't I don't even know how to describe it but you like it was very cardinal as a card you don't disrespect women and i'm so thankful for that like so thankful for drilling that into me sure so sure early yeah have i told you about my uh my apology tour um i think i remember you mentioned you're referring to it yeah um, yeah and that's kind of a crass way of putting it um, uh-huh because the me, the Me Too movement has really affected me in terms of okay. the ways that I've treated women in the past, and and not even you know intentionally. Like I I never I always saw myself as kind of a a dork and kind of a nerd and mm-hmm. somebody who didn't have power. And yeah. one of the things that I needed to reconcile was um, and and we can argue I guess about the the sort of implications of power relationships and whether or not they're true. But for me, um, I think one of the things that I didn't realize was that as uh, a man and as a male, that there was uh, a certain power structure that I didn't understand. And so I have been trying hard to put myself out there and ask forgiveness from people who I feel like I've harmed even marginally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've learned a couple of things. One is that people don't think as badly of you as you think as badly of you. Right? Okay. Yeah. So whatever you think about yourself. Yeah. I think that, um, that people are just automatically and and I would say um, as somebody who is a Christian and as somebody who believes in just this all pervading grace um, spiritually uh, just um, we desire to forgive others and to give others the benefit of the doubt and so that's been incredible to me to learn um, but yeah. but the other thing is um, I've learned that the things that I've learned from the uh, or the things that I had to unlearn from the Josh Harris like not holding hands not hugging th- not hugging people um, that that harmed me because that what that said was that there are certain things that in this context aren't okay but in other contexts that might be more damaging, they might be okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I need to go into detail about that. Like, you understand sure. what I'm talking about. Yeah, totally. I, I think, I think, um, you, I mean, you referenced the, the Me Too thing, and I think a lot of people, it's turned off a lot of people sure, because, sure. because it became about left-right politics and the people kind of involved in it. And that's, and the, and like you, you have to separate like, yes, it's been politicized and all that, but the idea of, um, just, um, you know, some of these things that have come out and disrespecting women in that way. And like all of that kind of stuff, like you have to acknowledge all of those things. And, um, 
you know, and that's the thing. Like I, uh, I, I want to believe that I was somebody respectful. I'm sure there's going to be somebody who would disagree with me that I'm sure I probably multiple people, you know, unfortunately that I've heard exactly like, and and like, you know, I, I, you know, whatever I I, like, that's, I don't, you know, even how I was, you know, was brought up there. I'm sure that, that that's happened. And, 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 and that, that, that breaks my heart. And I, 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 so I can understand, you know, you call it your apology tour or whatever, and I can, and and that's kind of a crass way of putting it too, because like what, what, what I think is, um, what, what the reality is, is that I was compelled by the Holy spirit to, Mm -hmm. um, communicate with people who I had a good indication whom I've hurt. Right. Sure. Um, and so it's not me just saying, Hey, let's do a roundup of all of the women that I know and apologizing to them for, you know, just being who I am. Um, although as somebody who struggles with mental health, I would love to just round up everybody that I know and apologize for who I am, you know, um, but, but it was, it was, um, and it has been direct and pointed and specific. And um, and I wouldn't say that I'm proud of that. I'm the opposite of proud of that. I'm, I'm, uh, I feel some sort of holy shame over the ways that I've treated people. But I think that the, um, the important thing is that I recognize now those ways that that power relationship has um, manifested itself and and I'm able to um, be released from that and to release others from that I think is is the most important thing and and I think that that's it's a process and it's okay that I'm in process mm-hmm. um, and I think when we're talking about marriage um, the, here's an area where you're always in process. You're always yeah. trying to figure things out and you're always trying to um, determine what's the best way that we can, again, work together against the problem and not in opposition to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, and yeah, I mean, that's, that takes a, a lifetime, right? That's what they tell me. I mean, yeah. I, I was hoping that it would take a couple of years, but then th- that hasn't worked out for me. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah, it's going to take a lifetime. As long as you're you're married to somebody that isn't you. Uh, I have a twin brother, so that's weirder for me than it is for you. I can, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot. No, you're right. I can't. So um, tell me I, this. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you have something to say? No. Okay. Go ahead. So tell me this. Um, because we, we sort of broached this at the beginning mm-hmm. of our conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's once again lift Gwen and Jeff up. Like mm-hmm. an awesome thing that they did last night. Something that's, I mean, this is, this is there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first talked we said like what what advice would you give them as somebody who has been married you've been married for some seven odd you know going on eight years 
I've been mm-hmm. married for about two years. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked about advice that you would give them. Um, what the opposite of advice? What would you tell them to stay away from? Or what would you tell them, like, look, beware, this is coming, just know that this is coming and have a plan to deal with it? Yeah. Me me specifically, like, and this is in all things, but I I feel like... um, I feel like any time and people would be like, what? You're, you're married. Um, so how can this happen? But when you isolate yourself, um, in any way, in any, whether it is marriage or just, um, you know, whether you're married or not, isolation is a, just a dangerous, dangerous tool, um, of the enemy of your soul to be able to kind of, um, the place lies because you're a lot more prone to listen to lies when you're by yourself and you're not in any kind of community. So that actually might be like a better question. Like, um, like what, what truths have you learned from marriage? Like not things that you need to improve on, not things that you need to be aware of, but like what, what are some of the good things that Rebecca has taught you? Um, I'm just like, we're so much better together. I'm a better man because of her. I'm a better person because of her. Yeah, um, you are. I mean, listen, it, I mean, uh, one of the craziest things that like, um, I think I learned very early on when we started dating, um, when my friends started to like her better than they liked me and like outwardly <laughs> told me that I, yes! I knew there was something wrong. There was something, <laughs> something wrong. wrong. And people would be like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't. And then they would question, why are you with him? Because you're such a better person. You're such a better person than him. Like, I, that forced me to take a hard look of th- at things. Um, Isn't that a badge of I, honor? And um, I know both of our wives. I know one of our wives much better than the other. But mm-hmm. I can say with full confidence that our mm-hmm. wives are both better people than we are by like leaps and bounds by magnitudes yeah yeah i became a much more um i was a i was a more gentle person a more sensitive person if you think i'm hard and cold right now you should have seen me before i got married to rebecca i was just like i'd rather not the unbearable but (laughs) um yeah that's that's probably one of the hugest things i i I, i've I've been able to see the way that um, I'd say like my uh, my walk with God wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for her. Um, It's tough to be able to like that's a very blanket general statement. No, no, but I I see where you're going with it. There are things that are that I think that are um that you see into the nature of God because of, um, because of his blessings, um, with a wife. I, I think that there are, to me, just like when you put it, uh, from a practical standpoint, as a team, we are 10 times better than we are apart. I think, I think like, 
uh, I get the privilege of leading with her, like leading worship with her. I think that people can see, um, like not only musically our, our, our compliment, but the way that we can bring two aspects of, um, or two different views of the way that we kind of lead spiritually. I think sure. that, and I tell you uh, that all the time. I'm like, yeah. when you're missing one of you on stage, it's like missing both of you. Yeah, it's which is funny because most of the time it's missing Rebecca. So Brian hey, is just like, dude, it's just really it wasn't great. I do text Grant when Rebecca, <laughs> when Grant's wife Rebecca is not on stage. I text him, where is she? Everybody does that. Everybody does. Yeah, there's so many people that are like, hey, you're a team, right? There was a guy, and there was somebody who, one of our, uh, um, uh, just a pastor friend that was like talking to us about, you know, talking to somebody about, um, uh, actually, when we got the position where we're at, um, uh, our pastor was, uh, we had a mutual friend, and uh, they knew, he knew that Pastor Ed was looking for a worship leader, and he was like, hey, here's um, this couple here. but you have to remember they're a team. Like, and the funny thing was, so Rebecca awesome. was at another church. I was at another church at this point. We were still dating. Well, we were engaged. Actually, we were engaged. So, um, and I came here to Victory about a month before she did. And um, you know, he was checking with Pastor Ed. How's, how's Grant doing? He was like, oh, "He's doing real good," you know. And uh, this guy's name was Jeff. He just kept saying, "You have to remember they're a team." And I'm like, come on, dude! Like, you, like you can't give me any credit of doing anything right, on my own. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like that just pissed me off. But, oh sure, but 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 at the now. but not at the same time. Yeah, not at the same time, right? Of course, I know we're better as a team. But thanks for like you know just cutting me short. But but the but that was the absolute truth, and it is the absolute truth. I mean, that's and that's just one of the practical ways. Like, just you know from from a bird's eye view of, uh, you know, of, uh, one of the greatest, some of the greatest stuff. And it's like, I don't know. That's just like, I call us a power couple because I think that's, we really, really are. I know it's totally kind of arrogant. Agree. No, that's not I, arrogant. It's true. But I think, but I think that's the way it is, you know, for Becky and me, um, one of the things that I've learned is, that power couple thing that's that's a great line and uh, i i think that it's true for every couple who um truly follows god's vision for for what they should be together yeah. um like what what better power than god's power sure <laughs> uh blessed on top of a couple um one of the things that becky's taught me about marriage is um and it's a, a really strange thing, but it's it's very important to me, is that I'm allowed to dignify and honor myself. That I'm allowed to say, hey, I did this good thing, um, and hold it up as something that I didn't do alone, but I did through the grace and, and mercy of God. I'm really bad at complimenting myself. I'm really bad at taking compliments. Um, it's something that I'm working on and Becky has been so good for me just to allow me to dignify myself and to say, Mm -hmm. Hey, these things that I'm doing, even though they might not um, look like I'm moving mountains to me, even though it might not look like, um, like I'm making an impact like she comes in and says here's what you're doing here is God's truth 
I'm going to bless that over you and mm. and it would be you know just shy of blasphemy if you didn't believe it yeah yeah and speaking truth and that is that's so powerful it for is sure and and it's been a beautiful thing to me um just even for me to accept compliments um which has been so hard such a struggle for me um for me to say even just thank you i appreciate that before it was always no no that's not true i don't believe that you know Mm -hmm. thanks but no thanks and and now i can i can actually like take that stuff and and treasure it and and hold it close to me so yeah i i I think that's why you know in scripture it says you know he finds a wife finds a an excellent thing a great thing and it's so funny because you could you could take this could take a million you know this specific episode i kind of like like where we kind of landed but they could take so many um different turns and different roads but the the truth in just being able to um just the the blessing that rebecca is for me and on me in like a million you know it's just it would be impossible to count and kind of go through every detail but it's just an unbelievable um I don't know. I especially like when you see somebody like Jeff and Gwen. You know, um, you see that happen. You're like, listen, I, I don't even, you know, I don't even know what to say except like, this is a blessing from God, and there's gonna be you're gonna see His nature revealed in your marriage when you're after His heart, and you're gonna see the things that He. Um, the doors and the things that he's going to open and the realizations that he's going to give you the things that he's going to speak into you because of this, because of, um, uh, because of this blessing, because of who you're marrying, all that kind of thing. Um, it's just a a killer journey to watch unfold. And, um, you know, you don't want to, like, there's no, like, if you're, if you're single and listening to this, there, 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 uh, there's, you know, in whatever situation, whatever area of, of life, like these are just things that God just kind of blesses you in those things. And that's not to say, like, I'm not going to go down that road. Like, you know, like it's not like, Hey, you're not going to be the person you were created to be until you're married. Like, that's just not like, right. Right. Yeah. yeah you know and, what I mean? And like, that's, that's a good not word of warning. Like that's not yeah, what we're saying uh, here. Exactly. It's just not, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that will feed that to you, but that's not what we're saying. We're saying, um, just, you know, just kind of like, like I, like people, like when people are like to me, like I don't have any kids and they're like, well, you don't know love until you have a kid. Like I'm not, I'm not buying it. Like I'm not buying that. Like, yeah, I don't buy that either. There, and I have a kid. Like, yeah. There's like, I mean, I understand there's doors and stuff that like, you know, I haven't experienced and that's cool. Like, like I'm just not buying that in, in the same way. Um, like there are just some, some blessings that you, you realize when, um, that person comes into your life and uh anyway that's all i'll say about that for sure for now awesome so closing out this episode i just want to say once again uh to gwen and jeff all the best uh they say congratulations for the man and best wishes for the woman i think Mm -hmm. Is but that that's from the 1950s. So yeah, sure. we're just going to say we love you guys. And uh, holy cow, you're married. Enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. And so I have a killer 
recommendation to close Dude, you've out been this. chomping at the bit this entire time so just to give you a recommendation. I, it's all right. I totally have been. That's um, cool. So we always end these episodes with recommendations. Uh, Grant, have you heard of the Pistol Annies? Uh, I don't know, actually. I, it's, it sounds like I would have run into them. Like, I, I've right. never heard so them. This is, so. so this is Miranda Lambert. You know Miranda Lambert. Um, oh yeah, 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 band, yeah. That's right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's like a, a country music supergroup um, has a new album out called Interstate Gospel. So incredible! Like uh, I, I, I've heard of them from you. That's who I've heard of them from. Gotcha. Okay. Well, t- t- now listen to the album. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna listen to it. It just yeah. okay. so their new album came out um, November second. It's November eighth right now. So mm-hmm. if you listen to it now, you get it like in the first week. Interstate wow. Gospel by the Pistol Annies. It mm-hmm. is it is so good, and it's like heartbreaking and funny and fun and just everything you want in a country album. This is like this is the best for me the best pure country album that has come out this year and and wow, it is okay. it, it, it is so good so interstate gospel pistol annies i think rebecca will really like it so she so, probably will yeah yeah, yeah. the she, harmonies yeah. are gorgeous but yeah, but the uh, the the lyrics are are, are really great it's good stuff it delves yeah. it you know Rock, folk, blues, country, all of the above. They they kill it. It's good stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. That's awesome. I've been um uh really obsessing over um William Fitzsimmons is one of my favorite artists ever. Yeah. Um yep. I love just the stuff that he writes. I love the emotion that it evokes. I love the depressing vibe. I love how he can match his lyrics with the approach um, to the instrumentation and all that, and just love the melodies he comes up with. Um, he came out with an album called Mission Bell um, a few weeks ago, and it's just been, um, there's a song Angela on it that just, um, the vibe is awesome. I, I just love the way that they approach um, that song. And so anyway, I've been kind of, uh, I've been kind of going over that for a while, so. So Hello. you've got two records to listen to. Anybody who mm-hmm. listens to this podcast, just listen mm-hmm. to those records. You'll mm-hmm. enjoy them. Um, any parting words for us today? No, man. I think we. Uh, <clears throat> uh, oh, um, by the way, I'm sure Josh Harris is a really cool dude. I'm oh sure yeah, he's... and and we don't want to uh, diminish. And 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 frankly. Um, I mean, apologizing for anything that you did like almost two decades ago is pretty huge. Yeah, respect. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, he has some pretty good recommendations for um, other books that that he feels um, have uh, a, a better and and wider view of Christianity and relationships than um, that book that made. Um, so many headlines and that had so many followers did and so you can check those out 
Yeah, totally. So, I, I kind of, yeah, so I blame everything on my uh, him as a target of my teenage angst, so totally cool with me. Sure, sure. I blame all of my teenage <laughs> angst on um, the fact that my dad told me that if I feel like I'm gay, that I should talk to my mom. So. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> all right, dude. So good to be with you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Love work.